3: This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a God walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On v the Sports Betting Network.
4: This is the Greg Peterson experience on v the Sports Betting Network. And we've got three absolutely superb hours coming up for you as we've got tons of guests. And we've got lots to take a look at. This UFC card this weekend is going to be tremendous. We're going to be hitting that. We've got ourselves four tremendous games in the NFL this weekend. Certainly, we're going to be talking to several guests about that. We've got ourselves a solid college basketball card for this Friday as well. So, we're going to be touching all the bases tonight as we're going to get started guest-wise in about 15 minutes with a pair of good ones. And Tom Casaglia does great work over at NOLA.com. And Mark Dremeler, he does Superb work over there at the Fantasy of Life along with Beck QL. They're going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at all four of these games. What these guys all have in store for us there. And we'll see if Tom has a college basketball player too. Because he, much like myself, does a tremendous job on the college basketball front. So gonna have some fun there and that comes up in about 15 minutes our number two we are going to be going a little bit more college heavy with kobe dan who does tremendous work over at the sports gambling podcast now we're going to top that i know that he does a solid job taking a look at the nfl as well we'll try to get a few nfl picks out of him as well and then we do have to take a look at these fights for this weekend and we call upon our good friend Billy Ward he does great work over at Action Network also does a tremendous job over at Fantasy Labs he's gonna be joining me and I know that he's a man that's out there in the great state of Michigan might need to get his thoughts on the Detroit Lions whether or not they're gonna be able to cover or not and then an hour number three Tanner Kern he does tremendous work over at DraftKings you know what to expect out of him he does a great job giving you a little bit of everything when it comes to the NFL sides totals props and I know he's getting back into the NBA as well we'll see if we can get a a col- or an NBA play out of him or not because I know that we're gonna have tons of college here but we always try to serve the NBA market a little bit as well. It's a little bit tougher when it comes to some of the load management, when he comes to these late scratches, but I know he does a great job on that front, so We're all locked and loaded for what is three tremendous hours when it comes to the Greg Peterson experience and what makes it all the more tremendous is being able to recap what has been a pretty awesome week of college basketball. It's not quite what we saw last week where four of the top five teams in the sport Went down within a 72-hour time span. But what we are really seeing is that the name brand teams, they're starting to get a little bit overvalued. And that's where we as bettors are able to swoop in and we're able to find a lot of value. And I thought that there was a prime example of this on the board for Thursday. Like Florida Atlantic, they were able to get the outright win against Wichita State. But once again, looked quite wobbly. They were actually down double figures at the half. Florida Atlantic, they come back, they're able to get the win. But they open up as 14 and a half point favorites and I have no idea why they got shot up to between 15 and a half to 16 and a half point favorites that one was very much a head scratcher to me Wichita State they don't get the outright win but they were right there they were able to get a nice cover and boom you're able to make yourself some nice money and we did see quite a few double figure underdogs on the board be able to get the job done and you're going to find a lot more of this when it comes to conference play Wright State in a lot of spots was anywhere between a nine and a half to a ten point underdog they lose outright to a UW Green Bay team that if if you've been back into the fight in Phoenix and our man Sundance Wicks, he has been really making you a lot of money. I believe at UW Green Bay now 13 and five against the spread. They have been hot Towson after they got off to a rough start to the season. Now they're starting to make you some coin. They go on the road. They get it outright against college of Charleston. as about an 11 point underdog. That was pretty spectacular. If you look a little bit more towards the bottom of the board as well, you were able to find some interesting mix and match sort of spots. I apologize if you had James Madison. I was one of those people. Louisiana Monroe scores the final six points of that game. So that one was a little bit of a tough one, but we did see a few teams as double figure underdogs be able to get the job done outright. And that's always nice to see. And I do think that now is that time of year where you do start to see these teams. And it's sort of that perfect time when it comes to college basketball, because so much of us are very much invested in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It captures everyone's imagination, but when you're really going to start to see the surge in college basketball is going to be two weeks from now, because that's when you get that layoff before Super Bowl week. And then even when it comes to Super. Super Bowl week. Everyone is focusing on the props and everything like that of Super Bowl week. But got to bet something prior to the Super Bowl. And typically that means, you know what? Welcome in, everyone that has not been watching college basketball season long. It really has become, for a lot of people, more of a six to eight week sport. And I do think that now is really that time to be able to pounce. And I personally am just... Pass have typically had a lot of success when it comes to the month of January, taking a look at it, because those that are betting, they're thinking, man, you know, this Florida Atlantic team, they were able to make the final four last season. They are worth being a double figure favorite. Now you are going to have some cases where these teams with a name brand, they've been able to do relatively solid. They didn't get the job done on Wednesday in terms of a pre- spread perspective, but Arizona has been able to make you a lot of money this year. Duke has actually been rock solid this year. They've been able to do a nice job. So it's not an end all be all heck. Let's go to Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky, they were able to have a very nice win, very nice cover on Wednesday against Mississippi State, but that's a new look team as well. A Kentucky team that typically, they're more of a mid-tempo team. You typically have a Kentucky team that doesn't necessarily shoot at the best from three-point range. All of a sudden, you've got a team that's just an absolute microwave and a complete flamethrower from three-point range. So you've got a lot of new looks when it comes to college basketball and being able to keep up with these nuances are really able to pay dividends for you moving forward as we Looking at the college basketball landscape right here on the Greg Peterson experience on visa the Sports Network. And it's something I've talked about a lot on the show, and we're just continuing to see it. Right when you just get a little bit of a dip with regards to these unders, boom, the overs are once again on a big, giant surge. If you look at the entirety of the college basketball season right now, and I'm doing this as we do have a few games from Thursday that are currently in the balance, right now the rate in college basketball is 51.6%. You're going to sit there and think to yourself, oh, that's not too far out of the ordinary for a lot of these sports. But when you have a larger sample size, any sort of variance, That is very much something that you want to take note of because in the NFL, we've noticed that the last few years, we've had a north of 54% rate to the under, I believe now, each out of the last three years. It might be each out of the last two. I might be mistaken there, but ever since that COVID-2020 year where we did see quite a few overs, most of that is probably because you don't have a lot of noise to throw off a lot of these offenses, things of that nature. but. Ever since then, we've been seeing quite a few unders, but the reason why you're going to get a little bit more variance in terms of the overall percentage in the NFL is just because you have a smaller amount of games. Like, I mean, it's a very basic concept of you, like, toss a coin. If you toss it 10 times, you're much more likely to get a larger percentage for one side or the other. It's very unlikely to go five heads, five tails. If you get six and four, that's 60-40. You toss it 20 times, you're less likely to get 60-40. You toss it 100 times, it goes down further and further and further. So getting a 51.6% hit rate to the over when you've got right now in terms of results north of 2,800 games. I've been playing in college basketball this season, and it's only going to be going northward. We've got these crazy 150-plus game Saturdays. They're back in our lives. Very, very nice. Personally, I wish I had put a few more of these games on Friday. That's always by my note to these college basketball schedule makers, but I mean, it just feels like every single time you see a little bit of a dip to the under, it comes right back. As a matter of fact, if you look at the last seven days in college basketball, again, few results pending for Thursday, so this is going to vary just a little bit for depending upon when you listen to this, but 177 unders 138 overs last 7 games according to covers and that is a 56.2% hit rate to the over and it's much of what we're seeing in the NBA right now. What we're seeing just all across basketball is that more of these fellows are being called and I'm going to attribute this a little bit to it as well. I think teams have figured out the net rankings a little bit. I was always a little bit of an IRPI guy. Actually how I grew up in terms of taking a look at college basketball and the reason why I do take a look at all 362 Division 1 teams and I've bet on all of them is because I grew up doing bracketology and when you do bracketology the way that they score your bracket is you get the same amount of points for being able to hit that 16 seed that's coming out of the NEC the SWAC insert your small conference here as you do being able to hit the teams in the 9-8-9 matchup hitting the one seeds hitting the two seeds you get the exact same score so I myself had to take as much time to take a look at the Southland as I did taking a look at a team out there in the ACC and things like that so I do think that that is very important to be keeping in mind and when it comes to these teams that are trying to build a resume now that they have went to the net rankings it is based a lot more on analytics it's a little bit more like I mean for lack of a better term it's a little bit more Ken based it's less all right you knocked off this team because with ratings percent index it went by your win percentage your opponent's win percentage and then the win percentage of your opponent's opponents that was all thrown into pretty much a blender and then you would get your ratings percent index number now you've got a lot more offensive efficiency defensive efficiency quad one wins quad two wins quad three wins and win differential actually does matter in the in the rpi era You could win by one point, and you could win by 100 points. And maybe this is just me trying to make something out of nothing here, but we have noticed that teams have called off the dogs much later in games than they typically do. When you typically see Walkie on get into the game with like three minutes remaining in a 30-point blowout, now that's closer to like 60 seconds left and it needs to be closer to like 35 points. Maybe that's just me, but I think that that has caused for a lot more of these overs. You've got less surrendering, less just, gentlemen's. we're going to dribble out the ball and, with 40 seconds remaining and things like that. And I do think that that has led to a lot of these overs. It's, as our good friend Eric Haslamat- Haslamatrix called, a game is what an air quotes here analytically final typically these games would just go and die into oblivion now you're actually seeing these teams trying to bump up the score they're not satisfied with the 20 point differential they want 25 they want 27 they want that extra bucket so i do think that there's a lot that has been leading to these overs but it's very prevalent currently in college basketball certainly it doesn't vote as much in the nba wins are wins lose, losses are losses it's not based around as much of the net rankings when it comes to the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that in the NBA, it just comes down to offenses getting more efficient, just as we always talk about in the NFL, bigger, faster, stronger. Now you've got guys that are taller and taller. They're able to shoot from further and further away when it comes to the NBA as well. So it's a very interesting landscape. Taking a look at these basketball totals, certainly going to be diving in on that a lot tonight. Have to dive in on these four giant NFL games that we've got for this divisional round as well. We're going to do so next with Tom Casali who does Great work over at Nola.com and Mark Drummeller does great work over at FQL, along with the fantasy life right here on the Great Peters and Experience on VC, the Sports Spain Network.
3: Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on vsin the sports betting network.
4: If you have not already, check out the new vsin.com We have a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, and a mobile for focus first. You've got. Time is money in sports betting, and this site it has pages that have been built to load very quickly, and we've also expanded our educational content and strategy search section for both new and experienced bettors. You're able to find my spreadsheet for all my college basketball picks a little bit easier on there as well. Check out the new vsin.com today. If you've got any questions about the sunsetting of the vsin app, please go on over to VSIN.com slash FAQ for that as we're back here on the great Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Bank Network and it is fresh what we're seeing on Visa.com and though these gentlemen join me most weeks it's always fresh what they deliver and they always deliver winners as we are being joined now by Mark Drummiller he does great work over at the Fantasy Life at BetQL and Tom Caselli he does great work over at NOLA.com and it's always a pleasure to get you gentlemen aboard and before we take a look at what we've all got in these four divisional games I'll lead it off with this and it's something I I alluded to a little bit with the college football playoff and same thing does hold in the NFL playoffs as we know with now there being only four games on the board rather than 16 bookmakers are able to go a little bit further into the menu. They're able to offer a few more just different props they are able to offer a lot of playoff special things like this. And Tom, my question to you is do you take advantage of any of these or do you keep it relatively status quo this time of year with regards to your NFL bets?
3: No, I actually look at those more. I think this is the toughest time to bet NFL, and it's never easy to bet NFL. But when uh, when you start getting it down to you know four two games, I mean these lines are they're pretty good, and uh, it, I think they're hard. It's hard to find an edge in the line once you start slimming the games down. So I, I like to look at the props. Uh, they have a ton of different options out there. So and I bet player props anyway. So coming into the playoffs, it's something that I'm used to looking at. So yeah, the, the more the more props they offer the better for me.
4: Absolutely. And then same question to you Mark is there is this a time of year in which you are going to be looking a little bit more at some of these expanded options?
5: Yeah, probably. I mean, I think there's some good looks in there. You know, the the key is is there's only a few games so you can really kind of dive in and, and see the matchups and see, you know, what type of game plan teams are going to look at. You know, you have a team, you know, like the Kansas City Buffalo game, Cook like his attempts, I like that. You know, I think there's certain things you see some injuries with Buffalo in the middle of the field. So I think Kelsey, you know, could have a have a big game there. So, you know, you just kind of look a little deeper into those matchups and try and set up some correlated plays. Right. So that way, you know, as Tom alluded to, the numbers are real sharp. So if that way, hey, you know, you end up losing by a half point or whatnot on the side or the total, you know, you still have, you know, some other player props that you can lean into
4: yep absolutely and with there being fewer games it makes it easier to be able to take a look at those matchups as well because when you've got a smaller sample size that means you can dive in and flesh it out just a little bit more so i do like the way that you're viewing that and let's dive in on this playoff Quartet of games, and we'll start it off with Saturday and the early game. It is the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens, seeing pretty much nine and a half across the board. I think we've seen a few stray nines, but mostly you're going to be seeing nine and a half on this game, and the total's right around 43 and a half. We have seen quite a bit of a dive with regards to the total because weather out there in Baltimore not necessarily going to be the most friendly for these quarterbacks. And Tom, how do you evaluate this game involving a rookie head coach and a guy in Lamar Jackson that is going to be probably winning his second MVP? But has been a little bit shaky in the playoffs
3: yeah I can understand the number going down on the total you know the I just the thing that I worry about with the Texans is being able to run the ball in this game you know Singletary's rushes are like 15 and a half if you look at the games they've lost this year he hasn't even come close to that so I, I would lean under on his rushing attempts I just don't know if they get that that's my concern here is I think the Ravens defensive front has a big edge here, especially in the middle of that defense. I, I think they shut down the run game, and then it's going to be all on Stroud. So I, I think this is going to be a competitive This is one of those ones I might look to bet live and see how it goes early on. And out, of, out of the four games, this is the one I don't have a huge opinion on the side yet. So I'll, I'll see how it goes early. The thing with Baltimore is if you catch it early, things snowball with them. So if, if they're looking good early, And it's looking bad for the Texans. I don't think it's going to get any better. I think it'll go from bad to worse.
4: Yeah, but I think that that's a good point. Really, with both of these teams, they are teams that they do a better job playing from in front. Now, we did see the Baltimore Ravens in that game against the LA Rams. I remember when they were down. And then you had the kickoff return for the touchdown at the back half of the game as well. I actually punt return, I should say. But, man, that was absolutely crazy. And when it comes to this game, Mark, how do you view Texans versus Ravens?
5: Yeah, so I really think Lamar Jackson's dialed in this season, and I think we're going to see a huge performance here, you know, against this Texans uh, defense that really struggles in the secondary. And, you know, that bringing on Todd Monk, you've seen this Ravens offense look a little bit different. They can get the ball down the field now. You know, Lamar Jackson, I think he's eight yards, average depth of target. So he's going to be able to stretch those defenses and take advantage of that secondary. I know there's going to be wind. They're talking about 15 possible 20-mile-per-hour's. I've seen Lamar Jackson throw a football, man. He can cut through some wind, trust me. I'm not really worried about it from that perspective. I'm also not in the business of laying nine and a half points in a divisional playoff game. So I'm looking at the total in this one. I think, you know... Baltimore team total might be worth a look, but I, I really like the full game total. I'm just hanging back now. I'm hoping we slide just under that key number of 43. And I'm going to play this one over. You know, Houston's defense, very strong against the run, but being strong against the run and being strong against the Baltimore Ravens rushing attack, where Lamar Jackson causes chaos with your run fits, that's a completely different ball game. So I think Baltimore is going to be able to move the ball on the ground. I think it will be able to move it through the air. And I think Stroud has enough in him they take, you know, fight back a little bit in this one. I don't think they're going to curl over and die. I think he's going to put up some points. Slowik does a good job there designing some stuff. So um, I think, you know, Humphreys is out. So I-, I think Houston's going to put up some points too. Will they get the win? No, I think the Ravens advance here, but, you know, I don't want to lay nine and a half points. I'm, pl- I'm going to be looking at the total, but I'm just holding out to see if we can get this one to slide right under that 43, but I'm probably going to play it anyway if it stays put.
4: Yep, and would love to see some 10s pop up out here in lovely Las Vegas. We've seen other places go to 10. We have yet to see that out here in Vegas, so I'm crossing my fingers there. Then that would be my buy point here on the Houston Texans, but I'm right there with you. I do think that the total is the way to look as of right now with this line at 9.5. As joining me on the show, we've got Mark Drummeller, does great work over at the Fantasy Life at Beck UL, and Tom Casale does great work over at NOLA.com here on the Great Peterson Experience at Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and this is a number that that it did open up at 10 got bet down to nine and a half as Green Bay Packers have taken some money this week as they're on the road against the 49ers totals between 50 and 50 and a half and Tom my question to you is do you agree with the line movement that we've seen earlier in the weekend which way do you lean on this one
3: yeah so listen you know I'm a Cowboys fan and uh, I look at the game objectively I stopped caring about those losers at halftime so it didn't really matter but as well as the Packers played in that game, they were well-coached. They came out hard. I think some of that is also the Cowboys. The I mean, man, we the word choking means tight, right? Dak has a problem with being tight in those playoff games, and you could see it right away early on. He wasn't, wasn't there. The team wasn't there. Uh, and so, listen, credit that, that was a great, great performance by the Packers. I think they're running into a different animal this week. And I think it's in the trenches. I think the 49ers are really going to control the ball offensively, running it at them. Uh, You know, I'm like Mark. I don't love laying nine and a half. I would take the Niners down in a teaser if you can. If you're looking to bet teasers, this would be my top play. Because I think the Niners, I thought they were the best team in the NFC back in August. They've done nothing to change my mind. I think they roll to the Super Bowl.
4: With the San Francisco 49ers, it's going to be hard to knock them off. It's always the rest versus rough sort of theory with this as well, because you could fear a little bit of a slow first quarter for the 49ers, but certainly them being able to get their guys healthy. I know that McCaffrey was dealing with a little bit of an injury towards back half of the season. That's massive for him. And Mark, how do you view this 49ers versus Packers game?
5: Yeah, I love the dog here. Now I'm holding out. I'm seeing if I can get a 10. This is another one where I haven't bet it yet, but I'm going to be on Green Bay. Um, listen, if you look at this spot, this is a Green Bay team. This was not just one week against Dallas. You know, since week 12, this offense is number one in EPA per play. That's an eight-week sample, and if you go through, like – Take a smaller sample from Week 15, more recent form. They're they're number one in EPA per play by a country mile. It's not even close. Detroit's the second best team, and there's just a huge gap between them and everybody else. I think we're seeing this Green Bay offense really take a leap, and when that happens, the market has a hard time adjusting and finding out a team ceiling. Conversely, with the Philadelphia Eagles, we saw the opposite. Right, they spiral out of control. The market couldn't get them right last week. Um, I think this is way too many points. I'd be happy with anything over eight here. We Green Bay. I think they're a pretty good tackling team that helps against the San Francisco offense that relies on yards after the catch. So, um, listen, I don't know if they can pull the upset here, but I definitely think if I can get this elite offense with Jordan Love and these young receivers at nine and a half, ten 10 points, I got to take it. It's a buy for me with the Packers.
4: Yep. With the Green Bay Packers, they look so good against the Dallas Cowboys. And to Tom's point, I do think that part of that was the Cowboys, a team that just doesn't really perform well in those step up games. But I do think that this number is a little bit too steep myself. So, It's going to be interesting to see what we get on Saturday, but we've got to take a look at the two Sunday games and got to take a little bit of a look at what we've got on the Friday College basketball card as well. It's not super expansive, but we've got some nice spots and we certainly have two tremendous games to take a look at in the NFL. Next with Mark Drumheller along with Tom Kasali right here on The Great Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Valley Network.
3: you're experiencing hoops peterson himself on vsin the sports betting network
4: become a VSIN pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our vsin picks page over at vsin.com slash picks you're getting everything that i'm dishing out on the college basketball card we've got loads of guests on the show tonight you're going to get all those picks as well and you're going to be able to get all this over at vsin.com picks and for more recent pro picks become a decent pro subscriber today and by being a listener to the greg peterson experience you get a nice bonus offer. You get 10% off an annual subscription when you utilize my name, Greg, as promo code. That is G-R-E-G over at V-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by these two gentlemen. Tom Casali, he does tremendous work over at NOLA.com. And Mark Drummeller, he does tremendous work over at backQl and the Fantasy Life. And Tom will lead off with you since you, much like myself, are one of these people that are hardy enough to take a look at the college basketball card this time of year and certainly we've got a friday that is not going to compare to saturday but we saw some nice valuable betting spots and i know that one that you're taking a look at is the primetime mac game between kent state and akron relative pick'em game we're seeing akron in some spots of one point favor with the total about 142 142.5 which way are you leaning on this game
3: Yeah, well, these two teams hate each other. It was actually Akron who came up with uh, can't write, can't read, Kent State, uh, that slogan. So these two teams hate each other. Last two games have been in Kent State, have been in Kent, um, they've won by five and six, so close games. I expect another close game here. Uh, but this this just isn't really a good Kent State team. Um, I, to me, Akron is finding its groove right now. I think they're going to be a dangerous team in the tournament. And you look at where Kent is weak. They, they turn the ball over. They don't cover the perimeter well. So I expect this to be a tight game throughout. But I, I like Akron if you can get them as a small dog. I, I just feel they find a way to get this win and keep moving on in the MAC.
4: Yep, this is going to be a really fun one, and it's going to be interesting to take a look at that total as well because you've got an Akron team that is always playing very slowly, and Kent State was just going too fast for their own good to begin the season. Mm -hmm. They've really dialed back the tempo, so I'm actually taking a look at the under in that spot as well. And Home court advantage is going to be very important as well because I still remember it was two years ago. It was that Kent State versus Akron game, I believe it was, where I think Kent State had a long winning streak, and it was very much... It was almost bleeding into the sands with people getting after it. So this is going to be a very, very fun game, to say the least. And it is going to be fun to take a look to see what we get on Sunday as well. And we're going to lead off with the lone game right now on the card that has a spread of less than six in the NFL. And we lead off with Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a two and a half point underdog in this spot. Totals anywhere between 45 and a half and 46. Certainly going to be needing to monitor the weather, see if we've got any inclement conditions. I know that Buffalo certainly was dealing with that last week, but Mark, we'll lead off with you on this one. How do you view this one as we're certainly going to be, in my opinion, the tightest one of the weekend? One that I think you can really make a narrative both ways for.
5: Yeah, um, I bet. <clears throat> Excuse me. I bet the Chiefs at plus three, uh, you know, and uh, there's some threes out there for a little bit, but even at two and a half, I think they win this game outright. You know, when you look at this Buffalo team, I think they've been, you know, playing below expectations all season. You know, they really haven't looked great since the Dallas game. The win against Miami, yes, they rightfully won the game, but they caught some breaks deflected touchdown in the end zone Tua it just goes crazy starts throwing interceptions i don't just haven't bought this bill's resurgence and yes they've strung together a bunch of wins but this is a tough spot here man you got kansas city i really love the development of rashi rice this reminds me a lot of when we saw aaron Rodgers finally fully trust Kristen watson and we saw just the whole offense open up for green bay i think you can see that here with kansas city with Rice. 406 yards last week against, you know, Miami defense. Yes, Miami didn't want to be there. It's still a Vic Fangio defense. I like what I saw there, and this Buffalo defense just continues to pile up the injuries. You know, Bernard's got the ankle now, so over the middle is going to be open. I mentioned earlier I like Kelsey to have a big game in this one. Um, I just think we get down to this you know, critical stage of the season. I don't think going on the road bothers Patrick Mahomes at all. It hasn't at any time in his career. I don't think it's going to here. I think the Chiefs have the coaching advantage with Andy Reid. I think there's less pressure on the Chiefs. The Bills are playing at home in front of that crowd that watched them get upset by the Bengals last year. So I think there's a lot of pressure there. And I, the key here is Kansas City's secondary is so good. They got Snead. He can shut down Digs. And Buffalo doesn't have the depth at the wide receiver spot to really overcome that, you know, Gabe Davis is out. And I think that's going to force Josh Allen to throw into some tight windows. We know what happens there. You know, you can get Josh Allen interception at even money. So I think it goes bad for the Bills here. I like Kansas City.
4: Yep, when it comes to this Kansas City Chiefs team, even though it's the first true road game for Patrick Mahomes, I do think that there's a lot to be said for that experience. And just knowing that even though Patrick Mahomes has had a little bit of a down year, he's not going to make that boneheaded interception. And with Josh Allen, that's always a fear with him. As joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, obviously the Sports Bank Network, we've got Mark Drummiller, does great work over at BetQL, and Tom Casale does great work over at NOLA.com. And Tom how do you view this game? Because feels like myself and Mark are siding right now with the Kansas City Chiefs. And for me, it's just all about that. What I was talking about before, Josh Allen, those interceptions. I just can't trust it.
3: Yeah, well, it's three for three. I, I like the Chiefs in the spot, too. I, I just think I'm with Mark. Listen, I know the Bills have won game, so you, you credit them. They did what they had to do, but you know, they barely beat the Chargers with Easton Stick. They barely beat the Patriots when uh, their quarterback was throwing like 100 interceptions. I feel it's just a little bit overvalued now w- with the Bills. Um, good performance last week against the Steelers, but. I thought, to me, I wasn't buying that the Eagles were just going to show up and play well. I I thought there were some things wrong with the Eagles. See, I think the playoffs with a team like the Chiefs and Mahomes, they reset. They say, doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. It's Super Bowl time now. And I I just think they're the better team. And I think what Mark said is the key to the game. I think when you have a guy like Snead, when you take digs out of that offense, what do they have? It's just Josh Allen running around trying to make plays. I think that's where the game is won. The Chiefs' defense. I actually like the under 45.5, too.
4: Yep, I think that that's a very solid look. This has been a Chiefs offense that. Obviously, we're looking at the wide receiver core, not necessarily doing their part for this team, but the defense, it has been rock solid all season long, so I do like that look as well, and then how about if we dive into the final game that we're going to be seeing in terms of the NFL playoffs? Actually, this is the earlier game on Sunday, but we've got the Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Buccaneers, a 6.5 point underdog. I saw a 7 pop up here at Circle when I was doing the show yesterday. I personally bet that I knew that, well, we're probably not going to get too much better than that total is right now 49 and how do you view this game mark because i do think that it's six and a half it's a little bit of wait and see for me on the side but when i saw that seven i had to fire in
5: yeah so i bet detroit team total over 27 and a half listen there's rules to this right you can bet on the lions but you can't bet on the lions defense that secondary is awful bottom five in the nfl and listen i like what i saw out of tampa bay yes The Eagles defense was terrible. We played Tampa Bay team total over against the Eagles that came through for us. So, but you know, this Lions secondary, not much better. And Tampa dropped a lot of balls. They could have scored 50 points in that game against the Eagles. So um, I I like what they're doing on offense. They're more aggressive. They're letting Baker Mayfield rip it. Listen, he's going to have some people in his face. It's tough playing in the dome when you got a pass rush. you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson chasing you down. So I couldn't get to the window and back the dog here. But I do think Detroit has a ton of success against this Buccaneers defense. Yes, Todd Bowles is going to bring the blitz. He's going to bring the pressure. But they listen, he put up, Jared Goff put up 30 twice against Minnesota. Brian Flores, heaviest blitz rate in the NFL. He put up 42 against Denver. Denver has the seventh highest blitz rate in the NFL. So I think he's going to be able to handle it at home. I think Ben Johnson has him prepared, ready to go. I think Detroit puts up a big number. get big enough to pull away and cover this spread? I don't know, because I can't trust that line's defense. So I'm just banking on the offense here.
4: Yep, and I think that's such a good point on the total as well. Jared Goff has done an absolutely tremendous job on the blitz. And as we know, with the Buccaneers, they are a team that likes a blitz quite a bit. And, Tom, want to get your thoughts here because you've got Mark looking a little bit more at the total. I personally, when I saw that seven, I just had to fire in. And now we are going to see if you can make it a little bit of a tiebreaker here.
3: Yeah, I think this is going to be the wildest game of the maybe of the playoffs. I think it's going to go back and forth. I think we're going to see both secondary stink. Okay, yeah. you take away the Eagles, who have the worst secondary on the planet. And these these two are coming right up there. Uh, you know, golf threw for like 350 the first game, but Gibbs didn't play and Montgomery got hurt. But I still think that's their path, is to throw on the secondary. And I think you can throw on this. You know, I, I don't think that I, – I can't believe Glenn's getting head coaching jobs. I haven't seen that guy make an adjustment in – two years. So I, I think they're going to struggle with Evans. I think they're going to struggle, struggle with Godwin. I think it's going to be a crazy game back and forth points, points, points. You know, last week I said, the only way the Rams game wouldn't go over is if they got in the red zone and Stafford didn't make throws. That's what happened. Over three in the red zone for touchdowns this week, they do get touchdowns. Give me the over 49 and a half.
4: I absolutely love it. We are in for what is going to be four tremendous games in the NFL and a pretty solid college basketball Saturday as well. And it's always great, or er, college basketball Friday and Saturday as well. And it's always great to be joined by these two gentlemen. Tom Casale does great work over at NOLA.com. And Mark Drellmiller does great work over at BeckQL in the fantasy life. And gentlemen, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Always a
5: pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Greg.
4: Always good to have them on and we touched just briefly on college basketball in that segment. How about if we give you a little bit of a deeper dive and some picks for this college basketball Friday right here on the Great Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network.
3: St. Hoops Peterson himself on V the sports betting network.
4: DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs and is bringing you an offer that will intensify the playoffs all the more. New customers can bet $5 on any game and get $200 instantly of in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VEGAS when you do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code of VEGAS because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience. AVISA, the Sports Banking Network. Always great to be joined by Mark Drummiller along with Tom Casali. They did a tremendous job helping us take a look at the NFL playoffs. It is certainly going to be very exciting, but what else is exciting is being able to hit the hardwood as well because the one bad thing about the NFL playoffs is that it is not going to be played on Friday, but there is going to be plenty of college basketball Basketball that is going to be going down, and it's a little bit of a brief card. This is because now we're back to the Saturdays where we've got the 100 million billion games. You're going to get a like six hour deluxe edition of Costa Soup Saturday morning at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. That is my college basketball podcast, and I do break down every single game every single day, whether it's Five or 500 games, we are here for you, and we're always here for you on this show, trying to get you guys some winners. So, how about if we start things off in the Atlantic 10 with 873-874 on the card? It is VCU, they play us to St. Louis. The Bonnie, or I should say the Billikens of St. Louis are an underdog of anywhere between 8 and and 8.5 points. So, on this game, they're between 147.5 and 148. for St. Louis. They've got some good news. Reinforcements are on the way. Sincere Parker went out in one of those events that happened in South Carolina. I forget if it was a Myrtle Beach or if it was a Charleston, but that said, he he is playing in the multi-team event out there in the great state of South Carolina. Went down with an injury. He was out for about two months. Just recently returned for this team, but this is a bunch that is going to probably not have him at full force. He played less than 20 minutes in the game, so they're trying to ease them back in there now you've also got Bradley as he comes over from Georgetown he's able to give the team a little bit rebounding but this is a St. Louis team that is just getting absolutely completely cooked on defense going up against a VCU bunch that they've been able to do a relatively solid job defensively and I do think that VCU is going to be able to hold up on their home floor I'm going to be willing to lay it with this VCU bunch I did set them as more of a nine and a half point favorite and while I'm talking about the reinforcements coming in for this St. Louis team for VCU they've got two guys in Joe Bechmele along Sean Bersow that through the first month and a half or so of the season both of these guys were out of the fold and now they're supplying the team with a combined about 22 points per game they have not been able to find it with their three-point shooting though both of these guys shooting less than 30 percent for three point range Bersow was playing under the uh, very similar system a season ago he came over with Ryan Odom over from Utah State's uh, I do think that that is going to be kicking up a little bit, and a big reason why this is probably going to be kicking up as well is not just because of the system. It's not just because of positive variance and negative variance. It's because of St. Louis defense. Well, they should be based out there in Indiana because they are right now Hickory. They are getting smoked. 300 and I believe eighth in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Actually, now 317th with the results that we saw on Thursday. I mean, this team is just getting completely laid based You do have. Gibson Jimerson for the St. Louis team. He's able to bomb it from 3-par range. He gives you 17 points per contest, but also hurting the St. Louis team is the fact that they really don't do a great job of being able to give themselves 2nd and 3rd chances to be able to maximize this offense. They are 277th in all of college basketball with offensive rebound rate. Tarjan Hargrave, he's been able to give you right around about 6 or so rebounds per game, but it's the St. Louis team that they're constantly getting right around 68 to 70 points, and it's a VCU team that they are well outside the top Top two twenty-five in terms of total possessions per game. I just don't think you get enough possessions for and over in this spot. But I do think that VCU going to be able to hold up on defense. It feels like all these guys are buying into this defense as well, which has been a little bit all over the place. But they've taken care of business when they're going up against a lesser team. And at this point, even with getting Mr. Sincere Parker back in the fold, I do still consider this to be a little bit of a lesser St. Louis team. So I did set my total to where I'm going to be taking a look at the under. I made my total more in the neighborhood of one forty. Five and a half, and with VCU made them a nine and a half point favorite. So, gonna be willing to lay the number with the Rams, and I'm gonna be taking a look at this total under as well. And while well, we always get one or two A10 games on the card. Fridays are always for mac and the, you've got the Mac with 1A which we talked about last segment with our good friend Tom Casselli, and then you've got the Mac with 2A so how about if we go out to the great state of New York for this one right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the sports Banking Network and it's old Canisius Iona this is 883, 884 on the card the Golden Griffins of Canisius find themselves as 8 to 8.5 point underdogs this has been completely steamed high noon this was an opener of 5.5 total setting between 144.5 and 1 145 and a half, and it's all about what wins out? The defense of Iona or the offense of Canisius? Typically, it's easier to slow a team down than it is to speed one up, but I like this Canisius bunch. As a matter of fact, I thought that you landed on the correct opening number of 5.5. I made my number 5.5, so now that this is getting to 8, I'm seeing some eight and a halfs out there, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Canisius. This is a Canisius team that just absolutely bombs it from 3-point range. Top 30 team in all of college basketball. They do a relatively job of being able to travel as well, and I mean, the big thing that you want to note in the Metro Atlantic, while Canisius does have a little bit of a longer road trip than a lot of these teams. You don't have a lot of travel in this conference. This is not the Big Ten where you've got a team from, like, Minnesota having to head on over to Newark or anything like that. No, all these programs, aside from one or two, they're all pretty much in that New York metro area. So there are some teams, Canisius is one of the exceptions, that they could pretty much just, like, take the subway on over to play a road game. So I always think that that needs to be factored in when you take a look at the Metro Atlantic. And this is an Iona team that just hasn't really been great with their options offense. Eden Tertout has been able to give you about 13 points per contest, and for Iona, they do a good job of ripping the ball away. They're a top 40 team in terms of turnovers for on a per-possession basis, but They've had the shooting really be all over the place for this team. They themselves do relinquish the ball a little bit too much in terms of points scoring on a per possession basis. Iona is smack dab 200th in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, this is a Canisius bunch that they're actually scoring more points on a per possession basis in a road slash shoot record environment rather than at home. And they've got Frank Mitchell who's going to be the best rebounder in this game. He's able to give you 10 boards per contest. Now, a little bit of a foil to this is that you've got Osborne Shema now back at the fold for this Iona team. He is the 7 footer that was literally the only player that returned from Iona a season ago, but he hasn't given you too much yet. He's been back for like six or seven games. He's supplying about four, four and a half rebounds per game, but I do think that you're going to have Frank Mitchell be able to do a solid job on the glass, and then you've got C.M. Ajan along with Trey Dinkins. These two guys, they've been able to combine for about 29.5 points per contest, and I do apologize to the gentleman whose first name I completely butchered the first time around, but that said, when it comes to these two guys, they've really but able to shoot it well from three, both shooting approximately 38.4% from three point range on volume. They combine to make five threes per game. They do a relatively solid job of being able to take care of the ball. It has been a team in Canisius, said sometimes they do get a little bit loose with it. They do combine for about 13 turnovers per game, but this is a little bit more of an up-tempo team. They do a nice job of being able to give themselves second and third chances going up against an Iona team that they do a good job of ripping the ball away well outside the top 200 in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage. I think that this is a bad matchup for Iona. I still think that Iona gets job done on the money line, but here on an A and a half, you just got a little bit too steep. I set my line more around a five and a half, so I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Canisius. I do think that Canisius is going to be able to speed this game up. I think that you get a little bit of late game following as well, so did also set my total at 147 and half. Going to be taking a look at the over to go along with the Golden Griffins, and then when it comes to staying out there in the Metro Atlantic, I do find this one to be very intriguing, because you've got one team in the Metro Atlantic that's currently undefeated. That would be the Peacocks of St. Peter's and they hit the road to face off against the stags of Fairfield, 877-878 on the betting board. Fairfield finds themselves as 3.5-point favorites. Total on this game is 135 in. I like the Sags to end the undefeated run of St. Peter's. I set this line at 5, so I'm going to be willing to lay it. This is a St. Peter's team that does a pretty superb job of being able to get their slow, grimy style. For those that know, Bashir Mason, he took over after Shaheem Holloway took the coaching job from Seton all. His teams over at Wagner, they were the exact same as the teams that we have seen at St. Peter's slow, grimy, hit-the-board sort of teams. As a matter of fact, the main form of offense right now for St. Peter's is being able to get offensive rebounds. In a road-slash-neutral court environment, they are a top-20 team in all of college basketball with regards to percentage of their missed shots that they do pull in as an offensive rebound. But this Fairfield team has all been sudden been able to get much more with their offense. They can. their coach, Jay Young, literally weeks before the start of the season. This was a team that they were about as slow as a snail. They are outside the top 320 in terms of total possessions per game as season ago. Now they're a little bit more of an up-tempo team, and they have found a guy by the name of Jasper Floyd, who's one of the best statue sufferers in the mid-major ranks of college basketball. Only gives you about 10 points per contest, but about 2.5 steals, 5 assists, 5 boards. He does a very good job of helping this Fairfield team be incredibly efficient on the offensive side of things, and then you've got a guy that comes over from Syracuse, and Bryson Goodine, who's been able to shoot about 46% from 3 par Fairfield as a whole. They're shooting north of 36% from 3 par Going up against the St. Peter's team, they shoot right in the name about 30% from three-point range. They play a slow brand of basketball, but they turn the ball over about 13 times for contest. with Floyd being able to generate those turnovers and this Fairfield team just being a much better offensive form of themselves and getting someone like a Bleachmore to do an okay job on the glass. I do think that Fairfield is going to be able to persevere here in a game that I do think is going to get slowed down. St. Peter's always is able to win that tempo battle, so did set my total at 131. I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and when it comes to Fairfield, want to lay up to four and a half with them and coming next, we've looked to say on our DK Network credit picks have been hitting all week long, and we look to hit another one for the Friday card here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Esports Bank Network.